This is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Back for an eighth series of the Sounding Board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. Episode one of this eighth year of the Sounding Board with Craig Hutchison and Damien Barrett. And Hutchie, as is often the case these days in your life, I see you today down a computer screen. Whereabouts? Hello, Damo. Happy New Year. My commiserations to you for working your first ever day in January. So it's January the 31st. <laughs> That's your first ever day in January. We make a bit of history today together. Well done. After 22 weeks leave, Series 8, Episode 1. And what a tennis we've seen, Damo. Just want to say off the top, congratulations to Novak Djokovic, who defeated Julian Linden in straight sets on the weekend <laughs> from News Limited after two weeks of compelling rivalry and, back and forth. And a bit of Scott Gallen assistance there in the doubles. Yeah, Scott Gallen in the doubles was resoundingly defeated as well. So <laughs> it was a tremendous effort by News. They stayed in the tournament deep. They were still there on the Saturday. They were just trying to scrounge out four and five set wins. They went to a couple of tie breaks. It's Craig Tyler early in the tournament. but They, they had the strapping around the hamstring like Joe Novak did early on, and they, they, they took it off late. They, yeah. Hey, but, before uh, we get to that, Hutchie, I do want to get to that. Let's just, let's just talk a bit of rubbish. Julian Lemon, by the way, was the chief attack dog during the or the version of the critical uh, reporter of the AO for News Limited, and we will discuss that. A little bit later on in the podcast. Yeah, let's let's get into it soon. But um, we haven't seen each other for a while. Uh, so as you say, this is January thirty-one. I think we're back a week early, by the way. What, did you did you order this this return no, I early? I, well, I think I you told. did. No, we're back. We are back a little bit. Well, normally Super Bowl week. I think the Super Bowl being back a week has caused some confusion over the journey. But here we are, January thirty-one, Damo, and it's hard to know where to start. Well, it's, and, and rem- last year I think we finished a little bit like the current series of um, Yellowstone is with Kevin Costner. We, we, we didn't quite know how to finish it, I think, last year. We did finish it, then we gave our awards out, then we came back and we had another crack at it. But, yeah, so so we're good to go this year, though, aren't we? We're good to go in 2023. It was a dog's breakfast finish, to be fair, but we're... We're ready to roll. You look fresh. You've had a shave. You I have look had a shave. ready to go. Yeah, I've had a shave. Yes. It's, uh, it's been to... regularly grey bearded for uh, the last 10 weeks, but uh, we're back. What did you get up to? I, I, no, someone did tell me the other day that, that there was a 48 hour period where you were phoneless. Now, no, now, that's, that's not true. But Now, now that I'll... is like Molly Meldrum without a hat. That, that, that is staggering behaviour for you. No, my, the dopamine in mobile phones and me uh, are too far gone. So. I don't mean the mobile phones creates in me. So I, I had uh, Christmas Day kind of off, and Boxing Day mostly off. Damo, and by the twenty seventh, I was sort of I climbed back into it. But yeah, that's all right. I, you had a good break. You obviously had the twenty two weeks. Where did you go? You went had, to Queensland. Had the ten weeks. No, we went to uh, Southern New South Wales this year. Beautiful part of the world called Denham's Beach. Uh, right. Yes. So um, nothing, nothing too spectacular, what did you, but just. What uh, did you do there, Damo? We just we just got a very nice house. On the ocean and just uh, ate beautifully as we do as a family and uh, just didn't do much actually. Actually, the sort of holiday I like to have actually, as a rule. But uh, it was pretty. I reckon you would have been bored by about uh, sure. by about one pm of the first day. But oh, it was yeah, no my doubt. sort of holiday. Your boys are at the age now where they're just hanging on, aren't they? Yeah, the, the yeah. one's about to turn nineteen, and we we were wondering, well, was this going to be the last family road trip, at least for a period of time? And it, it may well have been, although although we, I think he had a good time. We had a good time, the four of us. We actually, uh, yeah, actually got on really well, like the old days. Actually, hurts you with uh, teenagers. Oh, you it's up. interesting. You drove up. Drive up. Yeah. Went let, let me guess. Yeah. The conservative in you didn't want to do it in a day, even though it was nine hours, and you stayed somewhere on the way. 
No, we, what we chose to do, we had a week in Denham's Beach and we chose to do something we wanted to do many, many years ago, and that was go to the War Memorial in Canberra. So we, we tacked on at the um, outset of the trip, uh, two days in Canberra on the way through. So it, it did break up the trip nicely, but uh, yeah. Have you been there, by the way? Not for 30 years, probably. Okay. It's worth doing for anyone who's, yeah, uh, who, who has the thought to do so. It is, uh, it's a very, very worthwhile exercise. Speaking of, speaking of the War Memorial, which just sparked the idea, um, how, how yes, the summer of Winks demo. Yep. He's had, he's been taken on your man a little bit. Yeah, he's, he's worn a couple. He had to apologise for one on sixty minutes. I did see as that. I, the yeah. Winks representative. How do you mm. represent the fact that there's been probably the first time we've seen him forced to take a, a, a backward step? It's probably fair to say he's under siege, isn't it, at the moment? Um, on, on a few fronts. Um, look, as again, I don't want to get into specific stories that he's taken on Hutchie and, and specific stories that are yet to be played out legally because that's for other forums and, and courts to, to deal with. But you and I know regularly, and we and let's just talk generically about the space he plays in, you, you can be right in stories, but legally having to apologise. And we saw it with Sam McClure's stuff recently, didn't we? His own paper made him apologise effectively for something that was, was effectively accurate. So I just want to throw that into the mix as well. But look, the, the whole... You can also be wrong from time to time. You can also be wrong from time to time. And, and, and given the, uh, the, the weight of story that he takes on, um, if there's any form of flaw in any of them, that's where the lawyer's going to go to. And yeah, again, again, Hutsi, I, I, I didn't actually delve too deeply into the one that he did apologise for, but the one that is of most interest, I think, for the, you know, for the entire journalistic fraternity is the... Is the um, Robert Smith court case, which, yeah, which I'm assuming will have a resolution of sorts this year. Do the stakes get a little higher now on the back of the apology for the recent story or the back, the perceived uh, back down? Unrelated, I would have thought. I mean, you've got to yeah. treat each issue and story and, and court case um, in its in its in its own right, and it would have nothing to do with it. Um, I mean, again, I'd, I'd imagine there'd be some apprehension around the employment. I mean, I mean, the, the age and and Fairfax here and the Sydney Morning Herald. I mean, they're, whether you like it or not, there's a lot of money at stake here, isn't there? With with what is being defended and what has been defended to this point. And as we always know, Hutchie, as we always say, the, the only true winners when it comes to these defamations are the actual lawyers, not the not necessarily the subjects and and the defendants within the the claims themselves. Getting getting uh, a grip, being an aggressive journalist has never been harder than it is in 2023. It, it, the, the deep end of the pool has never been deeper. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays. Hey, let's get on to the – we called this early in the tournament. I reckon it was morning one. Yeah. You could just – the WhatsApp group was going between you and I. You could see – you could absolutely see that there was going to be some drama between news and the AO. Do you have any theories on what what's happened here, the yep. why? You walked those corridors for a long time. I do. I don't think anyone would dispute that there was – a tone of coverage of the AO from News Limited that was rather critical for most of the tournament. I reckon there's, there's so much to unpack here, Hutchie, to, to use a phrase we often do on this show. There, there, is, there is a lot to unpack. And, and this is my simplistic take on it. And, and you tell me if you, if you think I'm unfairly representing what has happened here. The streaming rights for the Australian Open were this year via the Stan organisation, that being a Channel 9 aligned organization. Yep. That to me is the origin and therefore the reason their Herald Sun went the attack dog 
angle. Now, you, you tell me if that's an unfair representation of what you saw, because you like to defend the once mighty, but now not so mighty, in fact, quite weak News Limited operations. So, so what do you say when I say that? Oh, I think it's absolutely a big factor. Like it was, Craig Tiley in particular was in their sights early. Early days, we saw this story. Tennis Australia's plan to cook the books yeah. in a bid to attract record crowd numbers <laughs> is in free fall. That was, that was before it even started. They were, they were referring there to the crowd numbers actually being um, absorbed by some people that attended the, the, the exhibition matches in the week leading into it. Now, in a previous regime at the Herald Sun, they would have been supporting this and praising this um, initiative to say, what a great attendance record we've got for the Australian Open. But that, that was, say, as you say, Hachi, early. Cooking the books. 82% down. Curios absence takes toll on Oz Open Wallet. Was another one? <laughs> Gutless leaders show no courage in Joker's saga. Yep. And it, it just went on and on and on. It was two weeks of you know, frosty but it, coverage. But even the, think, um, the the women's final, which which was a fan... I don't, I don't care what sports you follow. If you sat through that match on the Saturday night, th- that was as good as sport gets, I reckon, Hutchie, yeah, just in terms of the drama, the theatre, the, the comeback. And then you see the next morning, that, or I think it was the next morning, um, ratings down. Well, yeah, of course they were down. Ash Barty was in the final last year, and we were still, as a state, effectively coming out of the, whatever it was, number lockdown from COVID. Of, of course they were down. We forecast this about 18 months ago on the sounding board. The the news, Fox, yep. KO, Consortium versus the nine stand Fairfax, Fairfax Sydney SMH, Morning Herald. Yep. They've become the natural combatants of Australian media, haven't yep. they? And they and sports rights have become a much deeper point of sensitivity than even we thought at that stage. As nine have waded into, you know, there was a stands. lead story there. Now, it didn't last long because no one obviously bothered to click on it. But there was the guy, and I watch the show because my wife likes watching the show on Foxtel. One of those. Um, house renovation shows on Fox. I can't even think of his name, but I, I like him. He, he presents well. He had an opinion. Now, he works for Foxtel, which means he works for News Limited, which means he's in that camp. The block should not be filmed again. That was the lead story <laughs> online. Now, the block, what channel's the block on, Hutchie? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, they're, they're not even really trying to disguise it anymore, which no, is well, interesting. They're, they're happy to own it, which is... Well, I don't think they are. They, they still think there's enough naive people out there to think that this is all in the greater good. and that we're, So, Hachi, where's this I fit in, though? I think, it, well, I think you're entitled to, uh, entitled to build your own assets. Yeah. The attack on the opposition was, was too severe. But, but to use a Dennis general- Pagan phrase, Hachi, don't you know what down our back and tell us it's raining. Because don't, don't tell us we're, quote, we're for you as Victorians. D- don't tell us we are there for Melbournians. Just tell us we are here for ourselves as a, as a pretty big media entity, not as big as we once were, and we're still trying to be as big as we once were. But let's just be honest about where we're at. And then I, I think I I, I, I'd cop it. I, I think it'd be good then. Then it's, then it's, then it's you, all on the table. I know you go... Too far in your news attack. I don't understand why. When when you left news, you were happy. You were happy there. When you and I sat down and talk about you leaving, and I said, "Come and join what we're doing over here." And you went, "No, I really, I really enjoy where I work." I don't know what happened since. And somehow this has built up in your mind. But you are too hard on them, and I'm. I'm perceived to be oh, I love too this. defensive. We've just spoken for eight minutes yep. or whatever it is, 15 minutes about this, and, and you've loaded me up and you've agreed with me, and now you're putting it back on me. That no, I'm no I, think, I think they were too hard on the Australian Open. The, it is possible, to just amount a slight counter-argument, <laughs> is, it, is it possible that they misread the public sentiment on uh, Djokovic and Craig Tiley's actions last year and it swung before they realised it and they went into the AO with a preset view that they thought the public 
thought the tournament was on the nose and that Novak was back without being able to be and Craig was disingenuous last year. And they were going to actually mount that case and they were too far committed before they could unwind that view and realise that the tournament did win everyone over very quickly. It was well received and it was hard to unpick. I'm not saying that happened, but there is an argument that there that's part of it. It's what they do, Archie. They misread every single federal and state election. They misread the Essendon drug saga. They misread the major points that go on because of their preconceived biases. And this is what they do, Hutchie. This is this is what they're going to continue to do. I mean, I know once upon a time that the people who ran that paper, and I, and again, you're right. I mean, I, I don't want to necessarily talk too deeply about that, but you're right. I, I was happy there because it was a different place. There were different people running it with different ideas and different agendas and, and more pure agendas than the ones that are clearly in play. I know that Peter Blunden, when he was in charge of everything that went on inside that building, there is no way known he would allow his paper, his organisation, to attack something that is very, very significant to Melbourne itself, which, which is what that organisation did for the entire week in the lead up to it and the two weeks of it, despite it being a very good tournament, albeit without a retired Ash Barty and albeit without a, an injured Nick Kyrgios. It was still a very good and very, very watchable tournament the entire way through. I did My, my cynical mind did go towards the ad spin component of this too. I didn't see a lot of AO ads in the Herald Sun. And normally the money trial begins See, I didn't even ends. go this far into it. I love this. The normally the money trial begins and ends there. Now, if you're the AO and you've got your own network affiliate, you've got Nine, you've got its TV assets, its print assets, its radio yep. assets, you are spending the bulk of, if not all of, if not a contract commitment to that group. I do wonder whether that's been chiseled away over time because generally speaking, if the level of ad spend's about right. No surprise it, you went to this part of it. Well, I'd... I did. I was trying to be trying to unpick this. I, I think there's a part of it that's unfair on them because they came in with a genuine misread on the public. I think there's a part of it that's motivated uh, actually, by streaming. The misread was they didn't have access to any of the of the rights itself. Stan, Stan had the streaming the, channel. Yeah, I think that's channel nine had the yeah. the free to air, and they had nothing. So therefore, they would have tried to negotiate this all behind the scenes in that threatening way they do, and would have given a nudge, nudge, wink, wink. You give us something, or we may do something. And then they got nothing, and they said, "Okay, let's let's as you say, let's release the attack dog who, who's from Sydney anyway, isn't he? Julian Lydon, I think." I don't know, but he, he seemed like he had the new ball and was bowling downhill. <laughs> well, he's bowling. Who was that? Was it Chuck Armisen who bowled that ball down up to the second slip on the first ball of the Ashes some years ago? N- n- none of them here. <laughs> they weren't swinging in the in the, the, in the zone. What did you make of uh, Michael Clark and Carl Stefanovic? They had, had every tabloid link known to man, didn't it, in news content? <laughs> Just about did, didn't it? I... I, I felt a bit dirty on that one. I did click onto most did of those you click stories. click every day? Yeah, I did, did most of those. I was, I was still on holidays. I think I've had been in so work mode. You're problem, Damo. Yeah, I know. I am on this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like Carl, as you know, and I and I always I always had a Don't soft... try and defend it by saying you, you had Carl's interest at heart by reading it. I wanted to see what his involvement was, and it, he was he was a, he was a collateral, wasn't he? He was he was collateral in the whole thing, and... My take his on, me, on his, his involvement management was fascinating. Yeah, well, it was. It was. Oh, look, I reckon he would have been smart enough to have, and, and maybe sober enough to have seen someone recording said fracker and just knew no voices because we know his voice on tapes actually have been a problem for him in the past in the in the cab. I just think he just decided to do nothing, and then he, and then he got the. Uh, it will become a 
an overtime famous quote, won't it? And I'm not going to repeat it. The, the one that um, Michael Clark called him, the, the one with the reference to Carlos well, even, and the, the, the word yeah. that we're not going to ever repeat um, in any even form. Even getting abused, he's, even getting abused, he gets nicknamed. <laughs> he does. <laughs> and then the whole Jamie Packer, you know, there was, I even clicked oh, yeah. on something a couple of days, but it was, it was, the story was dead. The story was done. There was a, there was a yep. link to, I don't know where I saw it. Someone sent it to me um, about the whole Jamie Packer and how Michael Clark's now sort of becoming or trying to, according to this report, become part of the Jamie Packer world in a way yep. that he never once was. So, yeah. Well, this had Daily Mail written all over it. Like, as soon as the Daily Mail would have seen this in the in the Herald, a great exclusive, by the way. It had to be said. It was in the public interest. It was in a public place. What would that have cost, Hutchie? Fair because you, 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 you're paying for that. You, you, I mean, you, you don't just luck with that video. You you know that that's being shopped around and, and being bought. So what, yep. what would you – I mean, again, you, you once did work in this space. What would that be worth in 2000 and early 23? I suspect the person who sold it, you're always going to – I would think there's always an uneducated seller, right? So yeah. the person that sold it probably sold it for about a tenth of what news would have probably paid for it if asked to. That's what that would be my view. And, and, and be, what would that I, number be? I can't be? imagine. What I don't that know be? that it was paid for, by the way, and I don't really care. You know, my views on that are different to yours. But if, if it was, I suspect it was it would, it would have driven mass readership and, and subscription. I would think the, the uh, subscription due to that would be enormous. And the Daily Mail, that, look at the angles they came up with, Damo. How about this one? <laughs> I can't believe I'm quoting the Daily Mail in the first episode back, but <laughs> her face says it all. Lara Worthington grins like a Cheshire cat as her ex-boyfriend Michael Clark makes headlines over Noosa Brawl video. So they went and papped Lara to get a smile. She to, smiled. To spin that as if that was reacting to the story. And, and I'm just um, following up here. While she has rarely spoken of their relationship since the split, it's possible she was quietly enjoying some of the scandalous headlines about her ex as she was the subject of many salacious tabloid articles herself in the 2000s. So she was smiling and then, on, on, a, on a pap photo shoot, and it's possible she was just, quote, quietly enjoying some of the scandalous she headlines. Wasn't, wasn't smiling, according to the Daily Mail. No. Her frown turned upside down. <laughs> Paragraph two. Oh. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> and and Pip Edwards, who's also in, involved in this yep. story, Hutchie, and gave the quote about this is Michael's circus, not mine. She she leaves the circus herself. We we revealed no, sorry, we didn't. Sorry, we, we did not reveal, but we reported on what another organisation had reported that she was tipping off some photographers of herself, saying oh, I might be outside this particular cafe at this particular time, maybe eight twenty eight. I yep. am, to be specific, on this particular day. So she well, her, she loves it all. Her brand has grown through this too. Do you think, think so? Yeah, no question. And uh, become a bigger name, an even bigger name in Sydney. And my, the fascinating thing for me, two things. On the Today Show, Carl and Sarah's first day was, in essence, the next day. Yep. Or the day off. It didn't get a run on the Today Show. Now, your views on that, Damo, if you're the employer at nine, yeah. you're saying, listen, I know this might be uncomfortable. You're in the middle of the biggest story today, Carl. You can't ignore this. Or are you brand protecting and saying, we're not going through any of that. We've just built this new breakfast brand. What, so, what so would you do? Just take me through. There was no reference at all? I, didn't, I don't believe yeah. there was a reference at all yeah. on the breakfast show on their first day back. Okay. Well, I, I, I know day after the I, story broke. All I can say there is I know that if – I mean, you and I work for organisations and, and on, on this show, do you, do you reckon I'd let you through an entire show on this show anyway – um, without referencing something that you're in the papers for, no chance. No. So I, I, I would have, I would have known. I would have to address it if I'm on the Sunday Footy Show or if I'm on, um, you know, this show or whatever else I appear on. I, you, you, to me, you have to address it. And again, 
he probably took the view that he wasn't the story. And he clearly wasn't, but he was in the story. And yeah, I, I look, if he didn't address it, I'm I'm surprised at that. But that's, that, to, but that's his call. I mean, yeah, but, he couldn't care what I think about it. But I, I know that well, you sure would that you would have addressed it. The, the network needed to say, look, this is not ideal for us, and we do need to think about our new brand here on the way through. But we can't ignore this. So how? Like, let's have a conversation about how we're going to deal with it. Yeah. And Carl, I need you to think about how you're going to play. Our advice would be to think about this. As you know, know, when you're in that moment, though, and and we've all had degrees of it, uh, you know that whatever you do or don't do, it's just another headline. Now, now by not speaking, it was a headline, but by speaking, it's a headline and probably a bigger one if he says anything. If he says anything. I thought post that, he got on with things very quickly. Like he attended the. He had nothing to do with it, obviously, Carl, so he was just unlucky. But he went to the media launch and he laughed off his last couple of days and he got on with things and he, his media management was really good. Other than that, I think it should have been addressed. Yeah. Before you jump bit, off, Pip Edwards, I, to go, you, you go. I was going to say, I think, and this will, I don't mean this to sound self-serving because we are in the same radio business in, in Sydney and I do have great respect for their platform, but I thought the, the big sports breakfast handling of it was even worse. Like Michael Clark, you, you can't come back after holiday on a show that carries your name. Yeah. And you are the co-host of it on a breakfast show, and you've got a whole new audience who are probably giving you one go to hear. And we see on it the, the next morning, so to speak. No, one week later when he came back, didn't address it. He was asked questions, didn't want to talk about it, oh. and they got one line out of him about the, how his hamstrings feeling. Like, come on, I didn't, like, even, I didn't even catch up with yeah, that. But that I mean, that makes no sense. I mean, what, why are you employing these people if that's the well, case? Ultimately, if you are in the middle of a story, good, bad, or indifferent, through yeah. any fault of your own or no fault of your own, you yeah. are moral bound and obliged. To, to talk about what you know or or can about it. Or at least give a context to and, it. And your colleagues are, are absolutely um, bound. Yeah. Well, so, I, I just know how it would work, Hachi, in the, in the organisations I've been fortunate enough to work for in the broadcast sense, and, and, and mainly Channel 9, obviously. I just know. Footy Classified. Footy you know, Classified. Yeah. I can imagine the Footy Classified meeting. Right. The, the, we are going to address this. We, we Look, we probably address it. Again, I'm not talking. I'm the producer of the show, but I would imagine if that was the biggest story of that day, it's probably the first story. And if it's not the first story, it's a good five minutes going into the first ad break. Would that be a fair assessment of yep. how that show would approach it? I know the Sunday Footy Show would. It would be off the top. And it'd be done in in a inverted uh, commas irreverent way initially, and then you'd get serious to, to make sure it's covered properly, and then you'd probably come out with a you know a lighthearted way of it. But you wouldn't you wouldn't avoid it. I, I know the shows I'm on, you wouldn't avoid it. Pachi, no um, just while you got me wound up on that organisation, I did once love oh, working no. for it. Now, well, again, Pip Pip Edwards is a big part of this story. Um, so she went to the beach a couple of days after it all blew up, right? And I go to the page two, and I've, I've screenshotted this. I don't think I sent it to you, but I screenshotted it. Page two of the Herald Sun, headline. And she's in a bikini, a bikini. Uh, Pip takes out her revenge body. Now, I just want to read you the first paragraph. Take that for a revenge body. Fashionista Pip Edwards has shown, and I'm trying to read this media watch style. Fashionista Pip Edwards has shown ex-Aussie cricket captain Michael Clark just what he is missing out on. I mean, Seriously. What are we doing? We may as well make it page three and bring back the page three girl with that sort of rubbish. I don't I mean, think that was. I don't think that was Herald Sun. Was it? Was it? Hachi, Hachi, I've got page two of the Herald Sun here. Pip takes okay. out her revenge body. Take that for a revenge body. I mean, what, what does that mean? Yeah. I, no, no, please defend I, I that one. I can't argue with you on that one. I can't argue on that one. Revenge I body. Said, I, I didn't see it, but it doesn't sound. You didn't see. Yeah, yes, you did. Don't don't avoid it. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'll I'll show you down the screen here. Here it is. I'd say oh, that you're, you're wound up today, aren't you? No, well, you got me wound up. 
Here it is. <laughs> just, so, just so you know what I'm talking about. There it is. There's right the photo. Okay. I, take, I don't need to see it. I'll take your word for it. I'll take your word for it. There Revenge body. Okay. Revenge body. Yep. Where are we heading next? I don't know. I'm a bit, a bit lost <laughs> after that. Where are we going? Okay, Melbourne Racing, Hutchie. Another bugbear of mine. Oh, I may as well get it all out in the table. <laughs> This is so, just like the therapy session of this. <laughs> I feel like, you know what, I, I'm actually in a small room broadcasting. I feel like I'm in a confessional. You, got, I came in really buoyant about you the year. In, now. New Year. <laughs> had a you know, two-minute conversation around, hey, yeah, visit the War Memorial. What a lovely time you're on the beach. As soon as I mentioned the word, you're living it. You got on a 25-minute rant. You've got to deal with this. Like, this is, like, this is deep-seated anger. You've got to deal with. You need to sit down. Well, I think we need a mediator. You need a Phil Gardner type to come in and mediate this whole thing. You need to really deal with some of your issues. <laughs> Phil Gardner. I want you to be happy this year. Yeah, I, I, well, I was until about 20 minutes ago. Now, <laughs> my other bugbear, Hutchie, as you know it is, is Victorian Racing, who I just don't – I don't know what they stand for. I don't know what they do. Now there's this ploy, and, and whether it's just a way to get some feedback on it publicly or whatnot, but we're going to move the Cox Plate out of the period of time where it's run beautifully, and it has for 100 years or, or whatever it is, between – the Caulfield Cup and the Melbourne Cup, where, okay, 2,400 metres Caulfield Cup, 2,000 Cox Plate, 3,200 metres. It doesn't make sense sometimes to some horses to have that type of build-up, to run in all three. But historically speaking, some great horses have attempted all three. Some have won all three. Some have tried to win all three. Uh, Why would you move it out of what has worked forever into a period of time because there might be more eyeballs on racing in a time after the Melbourne Cup. All you were doing, and all Victorian racing ever does, is respond to Peter Volandis and attempt to institute change that, that supposedly thwarts him, but ultimately only enhances whatever it is he is doing in Sydney racing. I, I personally didn't mind it. I thought it was... There's a lot of talk in the industry around November being a more organic time to finish the racing season. The Champions Day last year was a huge success in Victoria. You have to say the great yeah, horses run in the I'd last day. Yeah, I'd agree with that. That being the fourth day of the four yep. days of the of the Flemington Carnival, Saturday, to... Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And I would agree. And I am I am um, sceptical about a lot of things they do. But we... that, that day worked. Absolutely. I like that. Yep. And we see the world a bit differently. You're a little um, historical or... Yeah, I am. I, I do because it, it has served a very good purpose being the way it is. And and my, my greatest moments in horse racing, forget the Melbourne Cup, they're always Cox Plate right moments. Always. It doesn't mean it can't be even better in November with the share of attention that it probably deserves. No, so well, I, it, will, it won't be as good. It I will not be good. as good because the, the, the public focus is limited. I mean, pe- people talk about racing fans. There's no fans of racing. There's just punters, Hutchie. No, no, one, no one goes to the racetrack to watch the horse. They go to punt, and, and and the whole industry is predicated on the punt. And let's not hide behind that. Let's not get too cute about it, about you know responsible gambling. That that's all part of it. But it's it's predicated and set up for the punt. And we're seeing two, I guess, different, like New South Wales racing and Victoria racing are are in different mindsets on the community and are perhaps more reflective of their people would. I think there would be some people would say Victoria is a woke state. And New South Wales is a more. I, was going to say more normal, <laughs> I can't believe you used that word. <laughs> more normal. <laughs> Keep going. I'm not going to use that word. <laughs> no, no, you, you know what I mean. <laughs> so I'll give you an example. In Victoria, we don't want to run the distance horses without extreme testing because, understandably, we've had some yep. shocking deaths 
in yep. the race, and we, we can't live with that. Yep. Whereas it seems like in New South Wales, the, the testing isn't quite as rigorous, and some of those horses are heading there to run in the autumn, right? That won't, wouldn't yep. run in the spring. Yeah, I, I agree um, with that. On Australia Day. And, and the Melbourne Cup winner of this year was, was banned from one of the races last year, Gold Trip, wasn't it? Um, I'm, I don't want to comment on the specifics. I'll, just, I'll talk well, more broadly. On Australia Day, I'm told that it's traditional for the Australian flag to cover the number one on the jockey silks. I remember that being the case, yes. It still happened in Sydney. Right. In Melbourne. Yep. Gone for the right. first time. Interesting. Yes. Because Racing Victoria did not want to go through the Australia Day debate and uh, what it meant, whereas Sydney yeah. were happy to play on. So yep. it just feels a little bit like the racing is not necessarily – it's a bit reflective of the two communities, do you think? Like it's a bit probably a broad statement, but – No, I just think there's a very good administrator running racing in Sydney and, and no good administrators involved in Melbourne. That, that's what I think it is, such. I wouldn't yeah. even go that deep. Yep. Speaking of the good administrator running racing in Sydney, yeah. how do you see this NRL fight going between – the players and the and Volantis. Uh I haven't. I'll, I'll be look. We could talk about it for five minutes. I don't know what's going on with it, Hutchie. I actually haven't looked into it. Do you want me, do you want me to look into it for next week to have a conversation? I do. Yeah. Well, yep. will you tell me, given you've raised it, because I, I I know there's a standoff, but there's a well, regular I mean, standoff in that, that sport. I'm in our SEN eleven seventy offices this morning and just yeah. asked around the talent here before we went on air, and evidently there's the NRL have made in essence the biggest pay increase commitment they've ever made to players. Uh, the money is kind of there or thereabouts, but the the source of the tension seems to be, this is very, there'll be people listening in Sydney and Brisbane saying, what are you blacks even meddling in this for? But I'll have a go anyway. I'm washing my hands of this one. I don't know anything about it. This is you. <laughs> the the Players Association want to be compensated to run a lot of the programs that the NRL want to keep in-house. So the NRL yeah. says, we came close to death. You know, we're not going to uh, let our money out the door anymore. It's our job to run our own programs, our own concussion, our own. And the uh, the Rugby League Players Association want. Um, and so there's a lot of money that disparity in that and also the method, I think, is is the issue. But it's getting late. It's the 31st of January. We've got the preseason games in a couple of weeks. We've got World Club Championship, Penrith and St. Helens on the 18th of February. So, yeah, and, and I, Pete's not famous for finding middle ground, Damon. <laughs> no, it's his way or uh, no other way? Well, he's, no, he's, he's a brilliant deal maker and I suspect he's going to try and follow this through. So, yeah, what? how do you see it all go? Well, you can play. I mean, the AFL has proven this. And this is where I, I can talk a little bit of um, knowledge on, on, a, on a CBA type of, a, of arrangement. You can play without one. I mean, the AFL's regularly played without a complete one. And they, you know, they're, it's in negotiation. I mean, they don't have one right now, as far as I know. But, but there's no talk of any form of threat to... To boycott is—is is that what we're talking about with NRL? Well, there's not been no threat of strike yet, but it's—it's it's sort of hanging around in the background, isn't it? And it, uh, the story, uh, the one I laughed at over the summer—you know how there's always strategic leaking, yes, or someone plants an idea in the other in, my, in the. So, what I find when there's a big dispute, Damo, in media, yep. is the media go for spend years and years getting nothing, and then they just can't get enough from both sides for a short period. It's like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When there's a massive dispute around, generally around, around pay, t- TV rights, sometimes TV rights, terms and conditions. Yeah. Journalists can be like fishermen or, or uh, fisher people sitting there in the water all day, lining, and they get nothing. No fish here, no fish here. Come back the next day, and then out of nowhere, there's just full, it's full of fish, <laughs> <laughs> and you're getting fed left, right, and centre. You might find that they're saying this and they're doing that. The one that I laughed at was this: Daily Telegraph strike crisis. How 160 USA players can save the NRL? Oh. 
God bless America. The American-based rugby league players are ready to solve the NRL's building <laughs> player strike crisis ahead of round one. <laughs> so there was an interview with the head of the U.S. Rugby League group, which would be ostensibly, be, in my opinion, oh. a bunch of blokes drinking pots on a Friday night, waking up feeling hopefully not too bad on a Saturday and, and uh, playing rugby. No disrespect, but it's not a very advanced league in the world. No. And now going to be the professional product that's the alternative. Did you think someone close to the NRL camp said to news, hey, you might want to see these guys are ready to fill the <laughs> void. Just put the cedar down in the <laughs> well, that's not something you come up with on your own volition, is it, Damo? I wouldn't have thought so, Hutchie. No. No, I wouldn't have thought so. But yeah. I don't, I don't know enough about it. Hey, tell me, I, I don't think we discussed this prior to our break and then our also show where we came back and did another show. Uh, the World Cup. Now, someone, one of our regular listeners sent me this, Hutchie, uh, headline, and this, this this was reported widely at the time. This, this particular article was in The Australian. TV crews ordered to film Infantino. First paragraph, Martin Ziegler article. World Cup television crews were ordered to show the FIFA president, Gianni Infantino, at least once during each match he attended in Qatar and to ensure that he was not pictured while he was on his mobile phone. Emailed directives to TV directors spelt out what was expected in relation to coverage of the FIFA president. It details some of the other conditions upon which the broadcasters needed to uh, abide by and, and adhere to in terms of broadcasting that particular event. That's next level control, isn't it? And that, that's next level clauses in broadcast rights. Well, I think when the deals are that big, the leverage of – they're not taking leaving things to chance, don't they? Particularly given the thorny and sensitive nature of the way that subjects can be covered. So it's probably smart business. Like, do, do you well, think – Do you reckon Gillian McLaughlin's got that deal in the AFL one? Because I, I, I would be staggered if he did. I, I do think it's a little bit unspoken how you how – you, if you're the leader of a sport that sells the rights, you are. It's, an un, it's unspoken how you are depicted in game. Like I don't think, you know, I don't think they'd show him. Yeah, we well, wouldn't put himself in that position anyway. But like it is, it, I do sense it's a little unspoken. No, it's not depicted in game. It's not depicted in game. It, it's it's you must show a shot yeah. of in, insert um, president's name during broadcast. That that yeah. that's next level. Yeah, it is. I ha- I haven't seen that before. To be fair, yeah. But, and Mind you, I don't, anything to do with... with do you uh, have a problem with, with it? Yeah, of course I do. Yeah. I mean, you, who cares you, about him? I mean, that bloke's out of control, that Infantino. Anyway, I, I mean, I, I don't follow gee, soccer. You're, you're making an early early claim for the uh, sounding board MVP. You've come back swinging today. Absolutely swinging. It's magnificent. Hey, have, as, I know this sounds a bit, again, self-serving, but here we go anyway. <laughs> Has the NBL won you over this summer? It's been an unbelievable oh, summer. It didn't need to win me over. I mean, you, you know that while I don't immerse myself in the sport, you, you know I've got a soft spot for it, and, and I like it. And, yeah, look, I, I've been finding myself watching um, – again, I don't find it in my life, Hutchie, appointment viewing, but if I, if I am sitting down on the couch and I'm flicking around and I find it, I'm, I'm, I'm watching that game when I find it right through to the end. And, yeah, I've, I've loved it again. As, as it, I'm assuming the numbers are good. Yeah, I think it's been uh... – it, it's been superb, a superb summer. I think it's had everything. It's the drama, the play-in tournament. It's had every which thing you can imagine. So, yeah. ESPN and KO numbers have grown all summer. Yeah, I, I think it's been it's been fair. It's so tight. Now, it's, last time we spoke, you you were still under siege from the West Australian over there, and and you were the curse of the the Wildcats. I, I, last time I checked, they were going okay again, aren't you? You're gonna get some revenge on some of these people. Is that how this is going to unfold? No, that's not not even remotely close to the truth. It is a 
a very close weekend. So the Wildcats need to win at least one of the last two to make it. And ideally the last two, we play the Cairns on, Cairns on Friday night at home. So, so one of the last two gets you in? And No, not necessarily. So we've got to oh. win at least one and then percentage comes into play with Melbourne and Adelaide on Sunday. So it's really tight, Damo. It comes yep. right down to the wire. Uh, it was a disappointing loss to Tassie on Sunday. So and, we'll see. And, and can I – you know that I've developed a, a, what I feel is a good friendship with Basil Zemplis over the journey. And he particularly made me feel very welcome when I was stuck in quarantine there in Perth. Surely you can afford a seat for the Lord Mayor of Perth at a Wildcats <laughs> game, Hutchie, because I had that many people send me a screenshot of you sitting on the floor and Basil sitting on an esky. During a Wildcats game. He's a man of the pers- people, Baz. He's man. better than sitting on an esky, Hutchie. And so Plus are you. He had, he had all the, the lobster inside that he was protecting, which, <laughs> of course, he famously gave to you during the finals. <laughs> no, he had, he what happened, well, I, I did get this sent this, I reckon, a dozen times. What happened on that night? You, you were sitting on the floor, you and Baz. Normally, you're courtside calling the shots like um, Spike Lee at a, uh, at a Knicks game. I went past to say hi. He had a full box of seats, so I just sat down and had a, had a chat alongside him. Oh, I was, was an impromptu, have, was it? Yeah. It was great well, to have Were you like Pip along. Edwards? Did you say to the, the pap over there, the paparazzi, say, um, listen, at the uh, 17-minute mark of the uh, second quarter, I might just wander by box 63A, <laughs> and I might just find myself on the <laughs> floor the next board. to the Lord Mayor if you, if you want a sneaky little shot. Is, is that how you did it? Brief the broadcaster, you think? Yeah, yeah brief no, the broadcaster, not, like Infantino. Not, not my style. I had, a, I had one of those moments on Sunday. The Wildcats lost to Jack Jumpers. We were eight points up in the last quarter. We, it was there to be one, and we unfortunately ran out of legs. I was devastated. Like, I was just sitting on the sideline, just flat. Like, it was, just, it was a big game, big high stakes. Like, I was just, there's 5,000 people screaming around, you know, I'm the only Perth supporter in the venue, and I'm, I'm no good. And I think, what else could go wrong? And then I see the Tassie coach, Scott Roth, fired up and running around and charging the front row with high fives all the way down. <laughs> So, so he's doing a high five with everybody at speed. And I'm about 10 metres away and I think, oh, no. Oh, no. If I ignore him here, it's rude. But if I acknowledge, it's not A, not how I feel, and B, not going to travel well in the way this is depicted. So I've got a decision to make, Damo. I can't win here. <laughs> and? So I pulled out of the high – I apologise to Scott. I pulled out. I didn't, I didn't um, seek to shake his hand because I was worried about getting caught in a high five. So you're conscious now of your portrayal, media-wise. And the that, camera, that's not the, the Craig Hutchison I know, or used to and know. the camera happened to be obscuring where, fortunately, there's someone between me and he. So it didn't show up on the broadcast afterwards, but it was a snub. So I apologise to Scott, but I was just flat as a tack. I can't believe you were thinking ahead through these moments. That, that, that was something you would never once have contemplated, Hutchie. You sort of acted as you would do, naturally. The optics, the optics Damon, and, uh, and the, the, and the hurt. Well, but anyway, we'll bounce back this weekend. Get yourself ready. Well, seeing, seeing we're talking about basketball, we might make that the uh, topic or the theme of uh, this week's return episode of Question of the Week. On the sounding board, it's our Question of the Week for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. This is from Andrew V, and he sent it into the sounding board email account. I saw that Hutchie was a notable absentee at the hugely successful and culturally important annual event, the Wildcats Family and Fan Day. Is this Hutchie's I don't hold a hose, mate, moment? <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. Yeah, look, I really, 
I really sorry. I wouldn't I have read that it. unless it was. Uh, I find anyway funny in that last question. Yeah, I, in the yeah, Scott Morrison, I don't hold a hose, mate. Is that what you? Is that why you snubbed it? Not at all. I had to. I apologise for not being there. It was a great day. We had about six hours in there, and it was fantastic. And we had a really powerful night the night before with the open air game. Uh, it was just logistics, Andrew. So I had to get to. I was at the open air game in Perth. I had a long held commitment for a week in New Zealand for the SENZ office. So I had to fly to New Zealand on the Sunday from Perth, which was a long day <laughs> That's a fair via trip. Sydney. <laughs> yeah. And I wanted to get back by the Friday to Perth for the uh, Sean Reddish retirement ceremony. I didn't want to miss that. So something had to give somewhere. So I flew Sunday, whole day, um, and then got back Friday morning into Perth. So I actually went across, flew over Melbourne twice without actually going to it. <laughs> And was on the road for 10 days. So, yeah, that was one thing that had to give. And I'm, I'm sorry it was a family day because it was a magnificent day and I appreciate everyone going, but there was something you had to give somewhere. Speaking of flights, uh, when are you taking off for the Super Bowl, Hutchie? I'm, I'm unlikely, I'd say. Oh, I? last yeah. time I spoke to you, you were going. I'm, I'm probably 50-50. It'll depend on a few things over the next couple of weeks, including oh. the NBL schedule among them. Yeah, so uh, we'll see what happens. Okay. If you, you have a crew going, I would imagine. We do have a crew going, and we've got the broadcast rights again. We'll be calling on SEN nationally and exclusively with Jerry Waitley, so it'll be, be fantastic. Who do you think's going to win? I just hope Mahomes gets a second yep. title. Um, as much as yeah, as much as I uh, admire what the Eagles have done, can you think that they've actually basically two different coaches, two different teams have got back into the Super Bowl? Is it five years apart? I know there's I know there's three or four players of carryover from their last one, but. It's, it's extraordinary what they've done this year. I haven't, I haven't embraced them at all, and I've had doubts about them all year for what it's worth in my very uneducated way of looking at that sport. But, no, I, I just love it when the great athletes are rewarded with, with titles. And, and, and he's got one Mahomes, he's lost one, and he's fallen short in, uh, in another one. But, yeah, I, I hope he gets, in, gets another one. I love, I love the, Travis Kelsey, too. He might be what my favourite sports What did you think? Know your role and shut your mouth, Jabroni. What did you think? <laughs> well, that was Travis Kelsey, or, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Rock. We're speaking about the Cincinnati yep. uh, mayor. Oh, look, I think he's quite loose, Hutchie. Oh, I think he's quite educated, too. And they reckon that – I haven't listened to him. That, that podcast he does with his brother, who's actually going to be a, a, an opponent if he's in the Super Bowl. They reckon it's one of the good ones. But he's as loose as they come, that guy, Kelsey. And and I love it because he does, he's got no filter. He doesn't care when in those moments after a game. And uh, – I wish there was more of that behaviour in AFL, as you well know, because we have become so boring when it comes to the actual individual and, athlete. And but, politicians are very easy easy subjects. I, do, I did go back and watch the Borough Head video that the Mayor of Cincinnati did. And right. He was inviting trouble with that. Was he? It was, I know yeah. it was an attempt at humour, but it was... I wasn't even aware of it. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it, was, it was inviting trouble. And, and all this talk about you coming to our house, <laughs> you, know, you yeah. need to be ready. I, I love all that stuff. <laughs> and they just they celebrated as though they've won it, and because and that's what that sport allows yeah. that that team to do to to win that conference final. It, it is a moment to celebrate, no matter what happens in the Super Bowl. We don't have that, do we? I mean, we have a, a fight for your right to party. Yeah, imagine <laughs> imagine here, we'd be on them. They're not taking the next game seriously. They're oh, not, yeah. you, know, yeah. you know, get home too early to bed and all that sort of stuff. They they were yeah. um, what's the What's what's the social media word? They were ta- taunting. It's not the right word, but they were they were FaceTiming and 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 Instagramming live. Uh, Joe Burrow. They were trying to get involved. Like, like they were they were taunting him um, after the game. I mean, again, you're right. We would have four days of this is disrespectful, and we'd have statements being made. That right to party that uh, Kelsey yeah. carried on like that when he was off his face. He wasn't drinking responsibly after they won the Super Bowl some years ago and uh, made a fool of himself at the, like Tom Brady did the year after, um, on the day they celebrated yep. it with the uh, with their own town.
Yep, no doubt. It'd be a great, be a great Super Bowl. I'm looking forward to it, but yeah, I'd say I'm unlikely. He's my favourite athlete. Time, don't don't he's my favourite athlete in the world, Travis Kelsey. Is he really? Yep, love him. Well, you've got the time to devote to the NFL over summer. I don't have the same sort of. It's funny. I, I did have a six to eight period where I immersed myself. As you know, I kept texting you, but I. But I, the problem is now I'm back at work and I missed those two games yesterday. And I'm going to miss the Super Bowl anyway. It's good. It's a fantastic sport. Uh, Hachi, well done. Episode one, series eight of the great, sounding board. Great stuff for you. You're up and about. This has been the sounding board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to come back angrier than ever, like Damo, choose to Drinkwise. Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email thesoundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise.